am so honored to, to share with you tonight. I loved seeing how many hands went up. Um, those of you who are here the first time, because just one year ago, that was me. A very new friend, Cindy Halstead, um, we'd only known each other for about three weeks when she invited me. And she, um, she invited Greg and I, and she framed it in, we're not trying to stalk you, but we think that there's somewhere you want to be. Um, and what I can say about generous giving was from the very first time I arrived, I had this sense. You remember when you were in middle school and you got to play those games outdoors with a whole bunch of friends, whether it was sardines, the hide and seek, um, and the rules would change a little bit, whether you found someone and all gathered together. And when you were being told the rules and the boundaries, it didn't so much matter. You just knew that it was going to be fun and you wanted to get started. Well, that's how I felt walking in. I couldn't believe how many happy people were present when we were going to be talking about money. And, um, and so we're so glad. After just a few minutes, we we're so glad we came. What we'd like to do as a couple tonight is I, I want to share, um, I'm going to be a little bit top-heavy sharing on my past because it, it was an origin, I would say, of um, one of profound generosity. And I can thank this ministry for helping me connect my past with what is now, um, I'm so grateful, going to be my future. So I want to give a little bit of that. So my sharing will be about a heart shift, and then Greg is going to share um, more about how that heart shift has translated into some actions. And he will repeat me in his own words and say, we are beginners. We were here one year ago. And um, so some of our stories may not be as um, dramatic as we would have liked. For instance, although we considered not buying the new car and the new house on the way home last year from Atlanta, we did both. Um, <laughs> however, um, <laughs> but something shifted. And what we did is um, we received with gratitude a home that we believe was from the Lord. And from the very beginning, from day three, we gathered together with people. We prayed over the property and we said publicly, this area is God's. This space is God's. And in just nine months since moving in, we have been able to use that space for women's retreats and family worship. And we've got some exciting plans in the very new future that Greg will tell you about. So, oh, thank you. so I am one of 18 children. Um, I have an older brother and a younger um, sister who are my biological siblings. Um, for the first chunk of my growing up years from the age of seven, I was raised by a single mother. And um, looking back and thinking about what she taught me about survival and, and money is uh, still really pulls at my heart. These are the things I knew, that uh, work was very necessary. And we saw that um, during hard seasons, for example, when she would wake up at uh, 3 o'clock. We were living in Rancho Cucamonga, which I'm telling you just because it's so much fun to say. Um, Rancho Cucamonga, Southern California. And she would wake up at 3.30 a.m. and go and put on very tall boots and worked with a shovel at a dairy. And that was so that she could be home when our day started. So these are the types of things that I saw from her. But I also learned right away, and I think it's unique, 
that other people of God's family, of church, were very willing and ready to be at our aid. And I know that many of us in, in this room wouldn't necessarily see that from their church upbringing. And so I want to share it just to testify that we had some amazing gifts given to us growing up. One of my favorites um, happened on a Christmas Eve. I was probably nine years old and I was um, looking out the window. I don't believe I was watching for Santa, but I must have known that there was something happening. And um, two men were sneaking up with boxes of wrapped gifts. And uh, I wasn't supposed to see them. And so they ran and I think kind of shouted and the people in the car who had dropped them off also saw me. So they started driving down the road to be more hidden. And then the men who had dropped the boxes were running after them in the street and they were laughing and shouting. And so I saw as a little girl that people who give enjoy it. They have fun. Um, and it marked me. The, the other story that Greg asked me, are you going to cry? This is what he asked me on the plane. I'm like, I'm trying not to, but this one story I haven't yet been able to share without um, emotion, but I think it's just how deeply it impressed me. When I was 13, I um, desperately wanted a swatch, wristwatch. And those of you who survived um, the terrible 80s and were in grade school were these fads, you know, and I didn't just want the regular rubber swatch of any kind. I wanted the one with the paisley face. Well, definitely this was a want, not a need. So there wasn't an expectation. But on my birthday, I unwrapped this watch. But what moved me and still moves me today is not the watch, but that the card simply said, from Jesus. And that has changed how I view our God. Now, the truth is, I knew who bought the watch. It was my mom's best friend, Nancy. But I loved that she wasn't seeking the credit. She was pointing to the great giver. So generosity was my upbringing. And because we had so many people who gave, and um, I kind of had a strange uh, relationship with money, which is that there's just this sense of adventure. When it's when there's enough of it there, we share it, and when there's not enough, someone will share it with us. There's some biblical principles here, and that it was okay to go without, and that we could trust God. Well, uh, when I was 19, I met Greg, and he had a completely different idea of money, and it wasn't completely different in a bad way, but I just never had even contemplated the idea of having more. Um, and Greg from early on was coming up with investment ideas. Uh, we were waiting tables at night, paying our way through college during the day, and he was also figuring out real estate schemes and this sort of thing. And even then, I, I did love the dreamer in him, but I would tell him, these just when you say these numbers, they seem too good to be true. And um, I think it still frustrates him that I, I can't get super excited about a spreadsheet. You know, it's just, it, it, it's, but so life progressed. And then we went through um, what some of us would call the land in between. And this was this really subtle shift in my own heart <clears throat> from being a student and surviving and having dreams, having our first children, buying our first home, and then before I knew it, we had more and more. 
and we were living in a very affluent area. And I was craving more, but I also was hanging on to my identity of, of having lack and having less. So what generous giving has given me is the opportunity to see that these stories affect how we see God, these experiences affect how we see others, and how we understand the concept of giving. So a year ago, uh, or um, a year ago in Atlanta when we were asked to be here, it became really clear to me when I was sitting at one of these tables that God had used this ministry to answer a prayer that I began praying in 2009. Greg was doing his first um, startup company and uh, friends of ours started to know that there was some potential for success around this. And I had mixed emotions. I was excited for what the future could hold and for our children, but I was also a little bit afraid about who we might become. So I began praying a prayer that was very simple. And um, even if it was just a mustard seed of faith, I know that much it was sincere. And that was simply, God, please do not bless us financially more than our hearts can handle. And he honored that because there was a lot of years of struggle. But when we arrived here last year, it was so clear that he was preparing our hearts by connecting us with a community that wanted to stay in communication and accountability around giving. And so I left this place with new motivation to embrace what God has given and to find out where he might be taking us next. So one last just point to be super, super honest. I'm still not 100% comfortable with dialogues around our finances. There is a part of my heart that, quite frankly, I feel like I could say to God, look, I give a lot in other areas. Could I have this area where you just keep out of my business? And here is what he's revealed to me by coming to these types of events and getting to experience a Connecticut journey of generosity that you'll hear more about. It's not that I'm the one saying, God, would you get out of my business? But it's rather that I'm starting to hear the Lord say to me, do you wanna be a part of my business? Do you wanna see what I've got going on? It's a wild game, it's such a joyful thing. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share and, and Greg will tell you where we're going next. I think if I, was, um, if I were a wise man, I would just sit down now. Um, but I'm a little bit foolish, so uh, I'm going to try and remember what it was I was going to say. We didn't sort of tell each other what we were going to say. <laughs> um, I live in Connecticut <laughs> with Sarah. I'm reasonably sure of that. And we do have three kids. I do work in New York City although we've managed that down to three days a week, which is a big blessing. Um, I've spent a decade or a little over that with some investment banks and now um, more on the money management side of things. But, you know, I have a long commute. We have an active uh, family life and school life. And, and like all of you here, I'm sure, are very busy people. So as Sarah mentioned, as Todd mentioned a year ago, I was sitting in a room very much like this in Atlanta uh, wondering 
how I got here and what I was doing here and what was going to happen on this weekend. I was full of a sense of anticipation, but I didn't know exactly what to expect. So I just want to share with you really briefly more about sort of how, how we got there, how we started this journey of generosity, starting with the event last year, um, what I learned and kind of what's happened since then in just the last uh, 365 days. Um, it all starts with a guy named Bruce Halstead. If you know who Bruce is, he's sitting right there. Um, I met Bruce at a men's retreat, a Christian men's retreat, and uh, we became friends, but you know, there's only so much you can cover in um, a weekend, and so uh, Bruce had had a ministry in New York City and found out I worked in New York City, so one day he's like, hey man, can you meet for coffee? And so uh, the problem with that is, is when I'm working, what I do is I rent out my brain. And, and I don't think about kingdom stuff. I, I want to, but I, I'm just like so involved in the markets and all this kind of stuff. And, and Bruce says, come meet me at Starbucks. And I go, okay, fine. So I run downstairs and we have a coffee. And for 30 minutes, I'm like not very present. And if you know Bruce, all he wants to talk about is hey, man, what's God doing in your life? And what's the, the kingdom and this? And I'm just thinking about the 18 things that I have to take care of. When I get, so I didn't feel very present. And, we, and it was one of our first conversations, you know, away from the retreat. Um, and I sort of felt uh, bad about it because I know I, I sort of have ADD and I was distracted. But at some point during the conversation, he asked me, you know, what are you all about? And that kind of thing. And I, I must have muttered something about... Um, I'd love to maybe um, use some of the gifts that God has blessed us with to uh, sponsor uh, pastors in India. And um, <laughs> so Bruce apparently took note of that. Um, and a part of, I, I don't know exactly why I said that but, I, that, but that's what I said. And it was something that I had thought about before, but I, I sort of said it. Um, so... Uh, a, a week later, Bruce calls and says, look, I, I really felt led after we had coffee to invite you to this conference. And he tried to explain to me what it was, but I, I wasn't really following. And so I said, sure, you know, the, the retreat was good, so let's do a conference. Um, and he, he, sent, uh, he said, okay, you're going to get this like, invitation. Okay, so the invitation comes, and I'm reading it, and it's generous giving. Okay, I don't really understand what you know, okay, so maybe we go and sponsor pastors in India. Um, and, you know, this is, this, is, this is great. Let's go, and it's going to be in Atlanta. Hey, we can get away from the kids. It's warm there, not so much here in Connecticut. Um, and it's $2,000. Okay, let's, no, let's not. We probably can't. We probably can't do, I mean, I mean, to, you know. That doesn't make sense. So I'm going to go and, sp and sponsor pastor, but i got to pay to... So anyway, about 10 to 30 seconds after I said that, uh, you know, something, something inside of me said, you're going to wind up going to that conference. And um, I think I fought it for about a week. Uh, and it was actually short notice because it was already like going to be in three or four weeks. Um, and so we signed up and we came down and I said flat out to Sarah, we are from California. Um, I said, you know, honey, this could, it could kind of suck. But worst case scenario, we're going to have time away, right? And we're going to be together. We never get away from the kids. All our families in California, there's nobody to leave them with. It's very difficult. So, um, so we came. We sat in a room like this, and we heard 
uh, people's stories. We had dinner and we met people and there was worship music. I kind of wish that the worship music had already happened so you guys could appreciate it. But you know what worship music is. I mean, and after about, I don't know, a little bit of time, I leaned over to Sarah and I said, honey, this doesn't suck. Um, and I'll tell you what, I, what I'd learned is I was blown away. You're, you've, you've heard it already. You're going to hear it more, but I was just blown away by the spirit. And I, I mean that in the, in, in the sense of the spirit in the, in the place and in the room, but I mean that also in the sense of the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the member of the Trinity um, that was and is present. And I was also overcome by the joy. I mean, these people are happy. All these givers are happy, and it was just extremely contagious. And so over that weekend, um, we listened to testimonies and stories and teachings, and nobody asked us for money. Um, and it was just, something happened. Um, you've heard Sarah's version of it. Um, but for me, it was a, uh, an understanding that fundamentally, generosity is the gospel. It's just that simple. Right. I was trying to think. Sometimes I come up with analogies to try and explain. Um, Innie or Audi. You know the belly button. Are you an Innie or an Audi? Uh, the, <laughs> the the reality is the world teaches you. You have your time. You have your talent. You have your treasure. And do you focus all of those things inward or outward? There's only two ways to do it. It's either inward or it's outward. And we think about time and we think about talent as Christians and we do things and focus outward, but a lot of times our money is an innie. This is the case where, where Audis are the good thing, by the way. So, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just made that up like five minutes ago. <laughs> um, but anyway, I'm trying to be serious. The, honestly, the point is uh, that generosity is the gospel, and it's God's way. And I don't want a part of the way of the world, which, which, which is a trick, which leads to death. I want the way of joy and that leads to life, and I want that in every aspect of my life. So something clicked, and like Todd said, you know, we're generous already. We, we came here. Um, we were tithers plus, um, but some, there was a shift. There was a big shift. So... Briefly, because we're probably way over our time, let me tell you uh, a couple things that have happened in the last year. And it's okay to talk about money here because it doesn't matter. And this thing is a journey. Um, we were about, this came, this was such a God moment. If you feel like you're here because God brought you here, you're not wrong. He did. And something's going to happen. Um, he brought us here at such a crazy time. We both turned 40 last year. We were really... Um, I think we were really struggling with that uh, symbolically, and I researched it. It's a, in, in the Bible, it, I'm a numbers guy, I love numbers, 40s everywhere, you know, the 40 days and 40 nights, and, and Moses has like three periods of 40, and Jesus fasted for 40 days, and it signifies um, transition and testing sometimes, and, and a, a new phase, and so that was the symbolic angle, but very pragmatically, we were about to sell the company that I co-founded in 2009, and that was going to be a big life event for us. And the fact that he brought us into this conference randomly, so to speak, um, just before that happened was by no means an accident. So in the, in the subsequent weeks and months, um, we decided to give 25% of our uh, proceeds from selling the company to a giving fund. 
And there are some of you in the room that are like, only 25%? <laughs> and there are others of you that are like, whoa, 25%. And here's the point, it doesn't matter because this is a journey. As, as you've heard, we're a year into it. Some of you are zero years into it. Some of you, the testimonies last year are 25 or 40 years into it. And what God loves is a cheerful giver. And he doesn't want us to, he doesn't want to guilt trip us into anything. He wants us to just follow him. And the more we follow, the more we're going to respond to his call. I'm starting a second company. I've set a higher goal. I want to give a lot more than I gave last time. Number three, I went to India. <laughs> you know that, that whole Ebola thing too that scared me? I almost canceled the trip. Prayed about it and just went. Uh, amazing experience with a guy who's building a church targeting North India. It, there's 600 million people there, 0.1% Christian. And he may have very soon the largest church in the whole uh, region at, get this, 700 members. I mean, there was so much opportunity there. Uh, there was a, a family who lost their, the father with three boys at the Christian school where our kids go. We sponsored one of the kids so he could stay in school. Not a big deal, but just opportunities that are, that are there. And then the last thing is we're starting a boys' camp. We were um, uh, raised by single mothers, both of us, and uh, young men need fathering and they need mentoring. And we have this new property now with lots of acreage and some woods and stuff. So we're starting a boys' camp. And we're just waiting to see what else God has in store. We're in chapter one. I don't know how many chapters this book has. Um, but you know, when you pick up a book and you read the first chapter and you kind of close it because it's time for bed and you kind of rub your hands together mentally and you say, ooh, this is going to be a good book. <laughs> That's where we are. Thank you. <laughs>